Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. folks thank you for tuning in to another episode of bucks of america podcast i have a long time recurring podcast guest the legend himself brian austin and uh he's been going leaps and bounds since he created beast mode archery challenge now most of you see that watch the youtube channel i i do that ironic um product placement of his jug that he gave me here this early this past summer at one of his scrambles, which was absolutely a blast. And I recommend anybody out there do it, but our focus today is Vortex and the Vortex open. So we're going to talk about, we're going to bounce around because we're we're friends for a long time now. And it's like, we're going to be able to touch base on a lot of different topics, but man, I'm kind of curious to hear about your experience out West and your, and your uh, elk, elk trip. Well, yeah, Jeff, I guess, first of all, thanks for having me back on and I appreciate your time and uh, appreciate your listeners listening in and, and uh, hopefully I have something uh, knowledgeable or I don't know what I'm going to have to say, but uh, yeah, the elk hunt was awesome. I was out there for 18 days, uh, hunted with two different groups. I had both a Colorado and a Wyoming tag and I came home with both tags. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations, man. That's sick. Right? Uh, so, but no, we had a great time. Uh, the the uh, first seven to 10 days we focused on Colorado. Uh, it was a group of Nathan that owns Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Basin, where we have our events. And uh, Danae's, uh, we call him Scooby-Doo. His name's uh, Shkumbi. He's from South Africa. Uh, and then uh, uh, buddy Sam, who helps out with the events, uh, my nephew, my niece's husband, Adam. So three of the guys, this was their first elk hunt. Uh, and then Sam, who has elk hunt, this was his first archery elk hunt. Uh, he had gun hunted several times before. So uh, it was, I went into that trip just, uh, you know, you always go on with high expectations. You want to, to get an elk on the ground. But for me, it was about the experiences about, I remember my first time elk hunting, uh, which wasn't that long ago, I think maybe five or six years ago now. And, and I just wanted to provide that experience for these guys that, uh, you know, a fun time. And we got on elk, we get, we're on elk almost every day. Uh, they all, I think they all got their eyes on an elk. They all got almost within bull range. Uh, but just as, you know, hunting goes, we just weren't able to close the deal. So, uh, but we had a great time, uh, a lot of, a lot of good memories. And as you can imagine with, uh, five guys that all act like 12 year olds, uh, <laughs> we had a lot of, uh, shenanigans in the, in the mountains. So uh, for the Wyoming troop, you were the only one to, to be able to put, connect with a, with the with a bull dinner or a cow. Uh, I did not get one. No, none oh, of us got one. Oh, none of you got one. Oh, I thought you got one on both trips. I thought you. No, oh, okay. I mean, I brought my tag home on both trips. <laughs> <laughs> you had tag, essentially, I had tag soup. I had tag soup. Yeah, exactly. 
still, I still think that's still pretty impressive though. It's like being able to be experienced and listen to that bugle is just insane. Like I, my good friend, Doug, he lives down in Iowa and he lives like a, like a mile from a deer, from an elk farm. And they primarily utilize that for, for velvet and such. And he's got, an, they have, they have a couple of um, herd bulls and stuff and they have a good harem. I'm talking like good 15 cows. And, uh, but listening to them just, just go off in September. Cause we don't like, uh, we just go down there to go fishing or do whatever he needs to get done. Cause he's either, he's a 65 year old man. So like, he needs a couple of guys to help him out. So him and his son, like we're best friends. So it's like, we'll go down there and help him out. But then it's just hearing that for the first time out loud, it just, just, makes you just the hair stand on your uh, on on end your nipples just get hard it's like let's fucking go it's like <laughs> your testosterone just gets through the roof and it's like you want to get you just want to go kill something exactly no that, that's i mean i i've heard many bugles and uh i still get that way i mean that's just uh, I, I think if, if if you don't feel that then you probably really shouldn't be hunting because i mean that's it just gets the blood pumping when you hear that when you hear the especially the first bugle of the, of the year you're like oh that is awesome i mean there's there's no other sound like that i from what i've experienced in nature anyways so now have you have you been putting in for the the state tag for here in wisconsin i have yes yes yep. same boat yep. just kind of waiting for to see, see it never happen or probably have a better opportunity of over the counter in utah than anywhere else yeah i i think uh yeah, yeah we'll be waiting a long time i think for that to happen but you never know you never know that is so, so true that so that Colorado hunt, the elk hunt, I was the oldest one uh, in the first group. And then those guys left and my buddy Peter and uh, his buddy Grover, who I've hunted with several times, they came out and then I was the youngest guy. So the dynamic within the two groups, it was interesting. But again, we all act like 12 year olds, I think, when we're out there. So, uh, But on that second uh, trip, I, I stayed out there. And then uh, two of us had Wyoming and Colorado tags and the other one had just a Colorado tag. So we were kind of bouncing back and forth. And uh, again, we're on elk, um, just couldn't make, make anything work. Uh, It got super windy. There was several days where it was just really, really windy. And and anybody that's elk on it knows that it's just really hard when you can't hear them. And uh, you know, you're just walking around the mountains looking for a needle on a haystack at that point. So very true. I mean, it's the same thing happens when you go whitetail hunting. Like, there's a couple of times hunting in the bluffs here where that wind will just pick up, and it's like you're kind of trying to figure out is that is that the leaves rustling, is that a deer moving, or is that a squirrel? And nine times out of ten, it's a fucking squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the one time that you don't look, that you don't get ready, it's a deer. <laughs> yes. Oh man, did you happen to get a, a punch of whitetail tag this season? No, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, hopefully nobody's listening to this that's looking for uh, some good hunting advice because I'm a, I was a pretty piss poor hunter this year, Jeff. So yeah, I had plenty of opportunities. I was at full draw several times and just, uh, there's a couple of times I probably should have let it fly, but I, I just was too patient and, uh, opportunity passed. So completely get that, you know, now were you, you hunt primarily public or do you hunt both? Uh, this year it was all public okay yeah this year was all all public for me too but i, I this was probably by far out of all the seasons of have hunted since the early 90s it's like or from since the mid 90s this has probably been one of the most rewarding hunts 
or seasons that I've ever had. I mean, I saw probably well over two dozen bucks, uh, probably close to three dozen does all throughout the area. Cause I, I, I picked a couple cause I got Onyx. I actually bit the bullet and bought Onyx. So this way I can, I can move around and check out different oh, yeah. spots. And it's, it it's, was, it's worth the money. It's for oh, sure it is. Oh, it is. Exactly. I only got the, I only got the, the local the Wisconsin plan. Cause that's all I was hunting, but it's like, it was so rewarding to be able to go on there, look for all these different places to go and, and then just go out there and walk. Like even early season, I had this beautiful eight pointer come within 30 yards of me, but where he came through at, he stepped, he stuck behind the, the, the brush line. So all I could see was the side of him, but, when I'm looking, I only have a hole about that big and I'm not going to stitch an arrow through that. So I just let him walk by. It's like, but now I'm keeping me keeping in mind because I'll go up the bluff about 30 yards because I, after I saw that encounter, I went back up there and like, as I'm crossing through his um, path, I saw a bunch of uh, uh, deer poops, a bunch of scat. So it's like, well, I'm not going to leave deer signs to go find deer signs. So it's like, well, I'll just go back up there. I set up my ground blind, just sit up there and wait. Nothing came through, which is unfortunate, but it was still at least I saw that the, the deer was continually moving through there. And then um, earlier than later on in November, or first week in December, I heard a doe 40 yards. I was, I found a, a, a tree. I found a little notch in a tree and I just kind of climbed my way on up there and nuzzled myself in there. And I was watching bucks come out, come off the private land into public land to where, to where they come into grazing. I saw four bucks. Three of them were uh, six pointers one was an eight one but the with the, the cherry on top of it was the very end of the day i was bored it was three o'clock in the afternoon and i decided like hey i'm just gonna i'm gonna bleed i'm gonna see if there's some see if there's a horny buck out there i bleated i shit you not a 160 class shows up i got pictures of that son of a bitch on my camera trail camera to back up the story but the, <laughs> the thing was is like it was i was i i was expecting him to come downwind or come down to the watering hole where i was at but he actually, this, this son of a gun, comes up behind me, and he comes on my right side. I, I'm not a right-hand shooter. So it's like I had to literally do a 360 to get over here. But it was so rewarding because he he didn't give two fucks. He walked in. I watched him, and I after he had left, I climbed down. I walked over, and like the, his clearance is only a couple of feet. And trying to get that big rack because when I saw him come down, all I saw was this big gate. <laughs> and uh, – he comes up, he comes 15 yards broadside. I'm just trying to just like sit still, don't move, don't see me, don't see me. And then he's happy to see me. And he just he just turned around and started walking. He didn't wheeze, he didn't give me the white flag, he didn't stop. It was the craziest experience I've ever seen. But then again, this is the first time actually seeing a big buck sure. like that. Yeah. yeah. And um I went back out Sunday, tried doing the same thing that morning and he just wasn't having it. So it's like, well, I, it was, it was a wonderful experience. I got my trail cam still back up there. I, I got, I got him up in the tree hidden stuff like that. So this way it's up there yeah, hiding. Yeah, I yeah. took a tip from uh, oddly enough, TikTok. What it was is like somebody just took a tape, masking tape, covered up the lenses and then in all the IR sprayed it heavily with adhesive glue. And then I just took debris, just dropped it on it oh. and, and then just kind of, dabbed it in and stuff like that. So this way it's hidden, but it's, it's 20 feet up. So it's like, it's pointed right down. So this way I wouldn't, um, spook huh. them and such. And yeah. it's knocking wood. It hasn't been stolen, which is, a, which is always a win. So I pulled them all down for the season. So I'm hoping to get them back up again in August or something like that. Yeah. Just to yeah. kind of go out there and check. Now we're finally seeing snow, but it's all went North. Like there's like Duluth right now, just getting hammered here today on Monday. And we're only supposed to see maybe six inches if we're lucky. And I think yeah, now it's, we're not even that. We're supposed to. We're potentially going to get three quarters or to a, to an inch of ice tonight. 
So yeah, it's it's supposed to be pretty dangerous here tonight and tomorrow down in the southern part of the state here. Yeah, it's like I want to get out there and actually start walking that public land. So after that fresh snowfall hits, I can go out there and figure out where the bucks are actually walking. Because you know, like the men are always on a mission. You got the women that go in every which freaking direction. And it's so true when you see them out there eating in the morning. And it's like I want to figure out where they're coming in bedding at. So if I can catch them whether they're, whether they're not anywhere near either war, I can just figure out where I can set up at for next year. But this this um this winter has been very very dry. Yeah, I think uh, here uh, we're somebody said we're like 16 inches below normal uh, for the year or from last year or something. Anyways, uh, we don't have most of our snow melted yesterday. I mean, we still have some here and there, but not a lot. I actually went out and put up a camera on some public land this uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, just uh, I've been glassing up some some deer, and I just kind of want to see what's out there and see if anything still has antlers or not. Uh, the last two nights, actually last three nights, I've dri driven around, uh, you know, that hour, hour and a half before uh, sunset. And uh, I've, within a half mile, I spotted over 300 deer. Uh, it's all on public, or I'm sorry, private land. It's near public. But I think the, right now the deer are just so herded up for this time of year when it's there's not a lot of food. Fortunately, down here we don't have much snow, so they're out. They're running out in those, those uh, uh, some of the bean fields and the picked corn fields uh, that that still have some food. So I think uh, even though it's been cold, uh, hopefully down you know the southern part of the state isn't going to have a, a, a real drastic you know winter kill. Hopefully. I've been looking at the like because the unique thing is like for folks that are listening, I live in I live in Lacrosse and Brian lives. You live in Oregon, right, Wisconsin? Yeah, south, just south of Madison. So when you draw a line, he, Brian's actually south of me. So it's like what I've been looking like for our area for the next ten days. We're gonna see like on Sunday we're supposed to get low of negative two again, but then right back up in the thirties and such consistently, and then the overnights are oh, about ten or eleven or so, you know. But it's still we. I think there are deep cold is over with because January is usually when we see it, but I'm going to, I'm afraid that we're going to see a with lack of snow fall, the watershed, though, when everything melts, we're going, we're not going to see the water levels we need in our creeks in our ponds and our lakes and stuff like that. So it's going to be another rough year. And if, and even up there in Duluth, it's like their, their average is like 150 inches a year and they're barely seeing 60. And our average here in the Midwest here, like in our, along I-90, I should say, is right around that 75-inch mark. And right now we're seeing only in the 40s, 40 inch, uh, inches, and that's not a lot. That's not enough to to maintain those water leads. Granted, we we we, we do like farmers said, we're not getting the flooding, but you gotta you gotta think in the big picture of everything. Like our entire ecosystem thrives off of that snowmelt, and if it doesn't have it enough of it. We're going to run into droughts. We're not going to have right. enough moisture or see our food plots die off real fast. So there's a lot of consequences to the lack of that precipitation. But, but, you know, we still have March and March usually has at least one blizzard. Uh, I hope so. I please I hope so. I'm, I'm hoping for a big snowstorm. I mean, that's uh, as much as I'm eager for spring to come. I'm uh, we have not had any significant snowstorms here. So I'm I'm waiting for a for a big snowstorm. But. You know, but back to the scout, like I love the scout like this. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I almost enjoy scouting more than hunting. Uh, you know, in the springtime, I'm trying to get out as much as I can. And 
exploring uh, new public land and going back in the areas that I've hunted to see where the sign was or all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm, I'm eager for spring to come for that reason. Now, are you going to get out there and chase some thunder chickens for this upcoming spring? You know, uh, as much, I'm not a big turkey hunter. I've done it. Um, uh, I am going to Texas on a pig hunt uh, towards the end of March. I did that last year with uh, Isaac from uh, Vector Arrows and a, a group of guys. So we're doing that again this year. And I tell you what, that is, that is a blast. I, I'm that that's like probably my turkey hunting is, is, is pig hunting is a new turkey hunting for me. So uh, yeah. I completely understand. Uh, this year, uh, Craig James uh, from Backfit, uh, Backwoods Outfit, or Backwoods Fit, he is um, a CrossFit guy up there in Green Bay. I've been telling him to come down and, and test his might in the Beast Mode Archery Challenge. But he, with with him being a trainer now, he's been it's like his schedule is pretty thin to come down and stuff like that. But there's like so much other events you can attend to that, that you guys travel to, and uh, he wants to because he wants to get together and wants to do a turkey hunt. Our first initial goal was, like I was mentioned to you before we hit record, is we want to go out and chase some Marians out there in the north, northeastern, uh, northwestern Nebraska there, over in the Pine Ridge there. And uh, we were starting to look through everything. We're, we figured out if we could get round trip, 1,400 miles, the two of us would be right around 500 maybe $600 for the, for the trip. And now the nice thing is I have a pop-up camper that can fit um, three guys with their own, with their own bed. And it's like, well, we bring in a third guy. It's like, I got a big, I got a nice F1 or F250 or F150. And it's like, but it's like, Tom was like, whoever has a better gas mileage, like, let's, let's gladly use that because it's like, I will gladly pitch in for it and uh, be able to do it. But due to his scheduling conflicts and his wife, it's like, it, it wasn't going to happen. So we're going to, it's already, it's already in the books for 2023. So I'm pretty excited about that. But this year we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to go up North to green Bay. He's going to come down here to the, to uh, lacrosse. And we're going to try to get some, uh, get some turkeys. Now he's got a, a pretty good, um, uh, uh, understanding of turkeys. He's got eight birds, nine, nine birds. He's got nine birds and he's got a, a full mount, double breast, double bearded one. So it's like, he's, he's, he's got the, the, the science down last year. He went, uh, he struck out, but it was just, it was just an interesting year. It was a learning year for him where the year before in 2020, he was four for four, had the canes down everything. Now I have another guy on my podcast. His name's um, Jeremy Salter. He guides out there in uh, North Carolina. He was telling me on our podcast, he went for 16 for 16 for with all of his, all of his, uh, all of the guests out there he guided for. It's like, he's, he said he, he figured out the, the chant and he ne- never changed it. And everybody that he sat with got a bird. It's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have a buddy, uh, Mike Ways, bro. He, I think, you know, he, the big bearded Mike that looks like Santa Claus. He oh yes. I've seen him. Uh, so he's a, he's a heck of a turkey hunter. He's, I don't know how many turkey, he, I mean, we're talking a lot. He's killed more turkeys than anybody I know. And, uh, so he'd be the guy, uh, if I really wanted to go out, he, he would be my, my caller and guide and stuff like that. But, I'm not, uh, I mean, I, I get a kick out of calling them and talking to them and all that kind of stuff. But it, every time I've gone turkey hunting, it always turns into a scouting trip for me. <laughs> like, like it, it only takes a, a short amount of time of no action. I'm like up on my feet, walking around, looking for, for deer sign and looking for new stand locations and all that kind of stuff. So I figured you being an elk hunter, like having that challenge to bring them in, you'd, you'd, you would, you uh... would, be attracted to the sport where you want to get a turkey like you want to get after elk yeah it, it's it 
Yes and no. I mean, uh, turkey hunters are going to hate me, but uh, uh, it's just it's a not a lot of work. It's just uh, the things I have to prioritize in my schedule right now. uh, Turkey hunting just isn't one of them. Which, so, which I perfectly understand because you really stack your schedule up run soon as the, the everything starts thawing because we're, we're our main purpose of the conversation is, is the no is it is it the vortex edge or vortex invite how do you have it uh so it's the, the yeah it's the BMAC indoor games uh which we have the BMAC games which is at Tyro Basin so this is like the BMAC indoor games at vortex optics or vortex edge it's whatever you want to call it. It's, it's technically at Vortex Edge, which is at the headquarters of Vortex. It's their uh, indoor uh, gun range and facilities is where it's at. So, Very cool. Now, how did you manage to work out a, a relationship to be able to let, let, them, let them lend you their facilities for this event? Yeah, so this is the uh, third year of uh, actually four years, if you count when I was uh, directing the uh, train to hunt events. So I've been doing events there at, at Vortex for over four years now. Uh, they're a main sponsor of ours, which is great. Uh, I know I have two brothers that work there. Uh, I know uh, several of the guys that have been there for decades. Uh, I used to work, I was part of uh, Vortex before is Vortex when it was uh, initially Eagle Optics, um, and then they kind of branched away from that and started Vortex. So we're talking twenty, uh, uh, almost twenty years ago is when I worked there. So wow, I uh, see. I'm not. I've only known the company as Vortex. I didn't know that the they're they founded with Eagle uh, Optics. So what's what like? Is that their whole? So was it a, like a buyout or did the people just want to part ways no, it, then? No, it's, it's still a family owned, the, the original family, the Hamilton still owned uh, Vortex. Uh, Dan uh, was the founder of, of Vortex. Uh, they started out in, in, uh, in Madison. Uh, he owned a Wild Birds Unlimited store and uh, sold binoculars through his Wild Birds Unlimited and just started the binocular business very, very small uh, and uh, just grew it into what it is today. Uh, it was Eagle Optics. It was geared more towards the birders and, and bird watching and nature and stuff like that. And then uh, they just saw the opportunities. They saw the hunting industry and and the, the market that that is. And that kind of, I think, probably meshed more with um uh, what their hobbies were and stuff like that. And, uh, that's when they d- decided to, to branch off into vortex optics, their, their shelter company or their, their, um, uh, shelter wings is their parent company. That's the company that, uh, was that they found many decades ago now. So, but yeah, vortex is still own. I think Dan has kind of stepped back a little bit and his, his four sons are kind of running, running the, the business but i know dan still has a lot to say about stuff that's pretty that's like it has a similar uh, story of hj and how they came around with everything like just started as uh, uh just doing accessories work starting with the stabilizers then, then eventually working their way up to where they're at today but it's that customer service and that warranty that just rivals everybody in the industry you know and it's like no you and i both knowing uh these these gentlemen personally it's like it's just amazing what these guys have been able to create of one simple inspiration 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it is pretty amazing. It's, it's, it's cool to see, you know, somebody local that, you know, uh, have the success and, and grow this company into what it is. I mean, it's, you know, from, from what it was 30 years ago to what it is today from having less than 10 employees to now having several hundred and they're just constantly growing and, and yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. That is remarkable. So how are you, you now? Is this, is this event going to be different than the, than the previous ones, or is this going to have the same similar uh, itinerary that you've had in the past, or is this going to be something different, more challenging? Cause I know I love picking your brain about how you like to torture people. <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the indoor event is going to be very, very similar to what it was last year. Uh, there is some minor changes. Um, uh, and really the changes are just kind of what's happening around the event. So we start out, uh, on Friday, uh, March 4th, which is less than two weeks away. Now, uh, we're doing a two man scramble Friday night, uh, that I think that there's still spots left. That's capped at like 40 shooters. So, uh, uh since we're already going to be there, have cause you got to remember we're, we're coming into a gun range which is not an archery range. So we're bringing everything. We're transforming this into an archery range. So we're getting there at the butt crack of dawn on Friday to start setting everything up. So then I was like, since we have everything here, why not have more than just the challenge on Saturday? So I got the okay from Vortex to keep the doors open Friday night. And we're going to do a two man scramble Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what that is. It's, you basically show up. You don't have to show up with anybody. You show up by yourself if you want. We draw names, so you we draw partners for you. Uh, and it's going to be a 20-target scramble. So you both shoot the target, but you score the best arrow. And then, uh, you know, depending on – I haven't decided exactly how it's going to go, but we might take the top five teams and have, like, a shoot-off and stuff like that uh, at the end. So it's a great way. The scrambles are are a lot of fun. It's a great way to meet new people. If, if you're if you're new to archery or new to bow hunting and don't have a lot of friends that do it, the scrambles are a great way to come out because we match you up with somebody and it kind of breaks the ice in that uh, aspect. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Friday night. We're gonna have some cash prizes. I forget what it is, but we're gonna have some pretty good cash prizes and other prizes from our sponsors for that event. So kind of a, a very laid back, fun. Uh, event on Friday. Saturday is our main event. That's the challenge, the BMAC indoor games. Uh, that's the, you know, the event that a lot of people have been waiting a long time. They've been training, they've been working hard. Um, some people have been working hard on their couch and eating Twinkies, getting ready for, I mean, it, it, we have, we have great uh, hunter athletes that will be there. And we have people that just want to come out and have a good time and, and see what they can do. So that's, what's, it's not just, as I've always said on your podcast, Jeff, our events are not for the muscle head. You know, it's for people that don't take themselves very seriously. It's, it's uh, you know, it's your average bow hunter. Uh, and I think now that I've been incorporating these other events, not just the fitness and archery events, now that I've been doing the scrambles and some of the other 3D stuff, people are coming to them. They're realizing, hey, this is a fun group of people. Uh, and that's how basically things have grown over the last three years is mostly from word of mouth. Um, but the, the indoor event, so we start out pretty early. Um, 
I think uh, our competitor meeting will be around 7.30 or 8. I forget the exact details. They're on, on our website, beastmodearcherchallenge.com. Uh, but we start with a, uh, a competitor meeting where we go over all the details. Uh, the, the In the morning is like the, the fitness challenge with the shooting. So um, we'll, we'll go in groups of five. Uh, we'll have several heats. Uh, everybody would do three rounds. So uh, the first round, I've decided it's going to be uh, you have your pack on. Uh, you do six step overs. We have a 20 inch box that you step up on the box and you, and we do 20 step overs. Okay. And then if you, you picture this, you're in a hundred yard long uh, indoor shooting range. Okay. So you have the boxes that are probably around the, let's say the, the 40, probably about 40 yards uh, from the, from the regular shooting line. Uh, Cause we have to be back so that all the spectators and people can, kind of have a spot to hang out and watch and it is spectator friendly that's i've gotten a lot of questions hey can we come and watch it it is it's not the best setup to watch but spectators are more than welcome to come and watch um so we got the step overs we have the logs the high low logs that uh competitors will have to go over those on their way to where their bow is where they're going to shoot the target so they have the box challenge, which is on the first round, <clears throat> like I said, is step overs. They go over these logs. And then we have a hoist challenge where they hook up their sandbag and they have to pull up their, you know, use a rope to pull the sandbag up. That's probably nine or 10 feet that they pull it up. And again, that challenge is to kind of mimic uh, maybe you're hoisting a deer up in a tree or maybe you have a meat bag or a food bag or whatever it is. Most of these challenges, I try to come up with the stuff that you're going to incorporate uh, when you're hunting. It may not be specifically whitetail hunting. It may not be specifically elk hunting in the mountains, but it's something that you're going to probably do when you're hunting. So, so they do the, this hoist six times. Uh, once they get done with that, they they move to where their bow is and they make a shot. And when they make a shot, uh, the scoring is not like your typical 3D scoring where it's you know, 12, 10, 8, 5, 0 for it's this, the, your arrow has a time associated with it because it's a timed event. So for this event, uh, I believe a heart, if you shoot a heart, you get 15 seconds taken off of your time. If you shoot a, a lung, it's a wash. You don't get any time added on or taken off because it's a kill shot. Uh, if you hit a body, it's a 20 second addition to your time. So you got a 20 second penalty. And a miss, I think, is a 15-second penalty. So we penalize people uh, more for a body than a miss because just like when you're hunting, if you wound an animal, you're spending a lot more time looking for that, uh, maybe blowing a day, maybe two days, maybe longer. Uh, so we give a little bit more of a time penalty for a, a body than, than a miss. So, so they do that. So in each round, they would do that three times. So they shoot, they hustle back to the box, do another six step overs, you know, go over the logs, do the hoist, make another shot, hustle back, do it again. So they, they do it three times in the first round. And that takes people anywhere from, I'd say maybe five minutes, maybe, maybe even just a little bit under five minutes to maybe eight minutes uh, for some of the slower people. Uh, so it's not something, the indoor event is, is geared 
towards that. It, it's, it's a quick, I guess, probably more intense uh, uh, bout of exercise, bout of movement, uh, but it's not a long duration. So, because uh, that's a question I get a lot is, well, you know, I'm not a runner. I'm not this. I'm not that. That's fine. It's it's if you can do five minutes of physical work, you're gonna be just fine. Um, so that's round one. Uh, then we we go through all the heats. You know, we'll probably have uh, seven to ten heats, depending on how many people. You know, what our end attendance is. Uh, so you have an hour, roughly an hour to an hour and a half of rest between each round. So competitors would do three rounds. It all stays the same except the challenge at the box. So on the first round, it's step overs. The second round is going to be burpees. You take your pack off and you do a burpee, go over the box, do a burpee, go over the box. Um, and then on the third round, it's a get up. A get up is where you fall back on your back and you stand up and go up over the box. So some of these is people might be like, oh, I never do that hunt. And I was like, well, there's a lot of times when you're all cutting that you're laying on your back and you're getting up or you're laying on your back or you have a heavy pack and you're sitting on your butt and you, you know, if you're packing an elk out or even a whitetail for that matter, um, or if you have a heavy pack, you're sitting down, you got your pack on, now you have to get up. So that's kind of where all of these move, movements have something to do with, with hunting. So after the morning, after we get through all those three rounds, everybody has their time then, okay? Then we move into the 50-yard range, and that's where we're going to do a 20-target 3D shoot. So, uh, again, same scoring. Uh, there's not the 12, 10, 8, 5 like a typical 3D shoot. It's every shot represents time either added on or time uh, taken off or a wash for flung. So... So after all that, uh, then we, we accumulate all the scores and then we come up with the top five in each category. So we have men's and women's and team and a team division, um, team teenagers, not team team. Um, and then we have the open category for folks under 40 and then the, uh, masters for the people over 40. So we have, we don't have as many divisions and categories as the outdoor event, uh, but we still break it up a little bit. Uh, so then we take the top five in each category, and then they they compete in a championship round where it's winner takes all. So you basically competed all day. You've done the morning uh, exercise shooting uh, rounds. You've done your 3D shoot all to get into that top five. Once you're into that top five, your score is gone away. Now it's now you compete for for second and third basically uh in the championship round so and the championship round is similar to those qualifying rounds that i talked about but it's going to be harder it's going to be probably more reps a little bit longer uh stuff like that so of course it has to be right it's a championship round so and then that's that's it that's the day uh, i mean that's a it's a long day uh, while competitors are there, they're going to have a chance to hang out, mingle, talk with people. Uh, I know of two of our sponsors that are going to for sure be there, uh, Vector Arrows, which is our title sponsor for this year, uh, and Clutch Energy Drinks, which is a energy drink out of Wisconsin. Most of our sponsors are uh, Wisconsin-based, which is pretty awesome. Um, so Clutch Energy Drinks will be there and Vector 
And there might be some others. I'm not for sure yet. They're working on their schedules and seeing if they can get here. But uh, but there'll be stuff to do. Uh, Vortex will have their showroom open. Uh, so you can look at, you can demo their products. Uh, they'll have all their Vortex wear will be there if people want to check it out, try it on, all, all that kind of good stuff. That's, you got yourself a really good setup here. So now is this your first BM, uh, BMAC indoors event? Or is this your second? Because I know you did a pop-up here, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? Oh, you mean of, of the year? Yeah, so this is our first fitness archery challenge of the year. We did, yeah, the pop-up event was a few weeks ago. That was our first event of the year. This is our first uh, indoor, I guess, event like this of the year. And this is probably our only indoor uh, archery challenge of the year as well, too. So, but but this is the third time of having it at Vortex, though. Okay. I was wondering, like, why you didn't come back to lacrosse archery here in town? Yeah, it's, uh, I want it to. It comes down to uh, travel, even though it's not that far. It's it's about three hours away. Uh, it's just, uh, to put on these events, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> so, in, in conjunction with, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to, uh, I'm doing the pop-up events, I'm doing scrambles, I'm doing more stuff. And it just wasn't, it wasn't advantageous to go up there and do an event when, when those people I would hope could come down because it's just the expense of, of putting on the event is so much greater than an expense of somebody coming to my, if, if you, if you get what I'm saying. I get what, completely what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I was wondering, cause it's like, what if how the the cost would play into it? Cause even despite the snowstorm, you guys endured to get there <laughs> right? and, uh, and people still showed up from Iowa, Minnesota, from Wisconsin. I still, uh, cause it was what a, f- I think, was it 80 people showed up or something like that or 90 people? Uh, no, the lacrosse one was smaller. It's only in the 30s, maybe. 30s? Okay, that makes more sense. So how many people have signed up for the Vortex event? Uh, we're, we're pushing 50. That's great. That's still a great, good, great show of numbers there. But usually the uh, the summer is where it's all at, when people actually, like, you see those. Uh, are you finally hitting consistently triple digits now? Uh, so for the, the BMAC games, is capped at 80, the outdoor event. The outdoor event's capped at 80. Really? Uh, yep. I, I, we can't take there's one time that we had more than that. And, uh, as much as I would like to have more people, uh, it loses the integrity of the event. Uh, it, I want these events to be really unique and, and it just think of it as your, your typical 5k, you know, you, you, there's a lot of 5ks or trail runs that are, that are really cool. They're smaller, uh, you know, they go on some funky trails or, the, you know, their uniqueness about it. But then you think about the big 5Ks that are more popular. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, you know, my pocketbook wants to be for the masses, you know, because that's more people, more money. But uh, I just don't want to have an event like that. that. That's not me. I want I want really different, unique events that people uh, it, it's it's about the experience for them. And it's something that they're going to remember and want to talk about it and come back and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. I see your philosophy because at least with 80 people, you're in the green and people are going to enjoy it. They're going to, the, the experience is going to be more genuine than having that many people. Cause I know when I went to the one uh, for, I think it was trained to hunt, 
uh, here a couple of years ago. I think we hit like 99 people or something like that. But then then uh, Sunday was a little rough because not not everybody showed up for that one. Uh, yeah, because I, I know you, you. I remember you giving me some tickets there to like, hey, if they show up, like give this to these guys, tell them to start right yeah, here. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. I re- I, and I remember who those people are. They yeah, were the, they, uh, they hung out with me. They started, they started hanging out with me. We drank. We directly <laughs> polished off a bottle of Wild West. Yeah, I won't name any names, but they were wearing <laughs> they they were wearing red, white, and blue uh, on the day the day before. Oh yeah, those guys were a hoot. But but the event the, the BMAC games, you know, pe- people still call it train to hunt, and and that's fine. Uh, it is what it is because that was train to hunt was the first thing around. But uh, BMAC is totally different. You know, our event is much more uh, detailed. Uh, we do a lot of different stuff. Um, I keep competitors, you know, for people that have done train to hunt or kind of know what that is, uh, you would, and I, and I was a competitor train to hunt for years and directed those events. And they were a lot of blasts. They're, they're, I mean, they're a lot of fun and people had a blast at them, but I wanted somebody who was going to travel a thousand miles to come to my event that it, that it was going to be, uh, something that they felt like they were getting their money's worth, that they were going to uh, get an all-day effort. And really, the BMAC Games is, is a two-day, a day-and-a-half event now. But they're going to be active. They're doing something all day long. You're not competing for 15 minutes, and then you're waiting the rest of the day for the results. Like th- That's where I – back to this whole 5K uh, analogy. It's like people are going to travel a long ways. People are going to train. Uh, for months for this, uh, people are buying stuff. I mean, th- there's a lot of sacrifice that people are doing to, to, to participate in these events. So I just want to make sure that it's an event that is worthy of that. Um, so, th- I mean, the BMAT games, we have so much going on. It's, it's four or five, four, it's a four stage event. Um, I think we're getting off on a tangent here. We're getting away from vortex, but, but, uh, Anyways, it, I mean, it, it's, there's just so much going on. It, it's, it's basically uh, a, a trail run, which is our, 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 uh, the beast course. There's a 3d shoot, there's a heavy pack out, and then there's a, the pursuit stage, which is a mini challenge course. So you have all that stuff going on. You have basically four events going on for one event. It gets keeps everybody engaged, and I completely understand where you're going from it. And it's like when I was there, I got the chance to meet uh, Bob Coleman. I got to meet uh, Fred McDonald's. Is Fred still making his trips up from Illinois to? Come uh, I have shoot? not seen. I have not seen. I hear from him every so often. Oh, so he's still alive? Oh, yeah. He he checks in every so often. He's like Brian. I'm basically that. I'm still alive, uh, but his schedule and I think with the pandemic and all that BS, uh, you know. Some people are being cautious, which I, I get. Completely understand. Yeah, I got a chance when I got a chance to talk to Bob Coleman when he came down from Superior. I mean, he was 68 years old and he still competed out there, and it was 80 some degrees outside, and he was a trooper. But he had fun. He had a blast. I don't. Does he still make it all the way down or not? Uh, not all the time. There's, you know, there's some people that that make it to everyone, and there's some that only make it to certain ones. And uh, as we do this more and more, uh, you know. We're, we're starting to see more people, which is great. Uh, the King of the Hill uh, 3D, which is our big 3D shoot. We had almost 250 shooters last Holy year. Holy buckets. That's impressive, man. I think we, I had a conflict on why I couldn't. It's either, it's either, well, I was either tied up with HHA USA or I was 
or a funeral or a wedding is, or I was gone. One, one of three. I was like, oh, last year was hectic. I hate when people plan weddings in my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this year we're hoping uh, for, uh, I'm hoping to break the 300, maybe in the 400 mark. So uh, I know some people were like, and I'm not going to say this, but people are calling it like the, the, the mini tack of Wisconsin or Wisconsin's tack, the total archery challenge, which that's not my objective. My objective is to be who we are. Uh, it, it is a similar event, I guess, but uh, th- this event, again, back to keeping the integrity of my events the way they are. I've traveled the nation doing those events. Uh, I've traveled thousands of miles to wait in line to, to shoot an arrow. And then you walk and then you wait for another 30 minutes to shoot another arrow. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this, th- this is, yeah, it's, it's fun to hang out with your friends and stuff, but uh, I will hopefully never, that the, if it does happen, it's, it's something, an accident happened or something like happened in order for there to be a big backup. Yeah. You might have to wait a little bit at a target, uh, but hopefully there's no long lines. Uh, you know, heaven forbid you have to carry a chair and sit, sit in a chair and wait for your next, uh, you know, to shoot your next arrow. So while I do hope that there's growth uh, like there was last year, uh, I've taken the appropriate uh, precautions and and changing the courses up. We're at three courses this coming year instead of two. Uh, we're going to have one of the ski lifts running, uh, which is going to be a really cool addition. The one of the courses will start at the top and kind of work its way down. Yeah, so we're do, we're adding a lot of cool stuff to it to make it better. Um, one of the biggest uh, inputs that I got from a survey I sent out to all the participants was uh, to have vendors. And, you know, the last two years, because of the pandemic and, and the county that we're in, there's all kinds of bullshit. Just, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so this year, hopefully that's over with, but it's not, if it's, if it's not, we're not listening to it. I mean, it's time to move on. Um, that's, that's the only thing where like when, when I go to, I, cause I went to a lot of UH, U, or HJUSA shoots and most of them don't give two fucks about the Lord Farquaad. Right. Well, it, it's, it's tough because uh, Tyro is, is right within the, the jurisdiction of that BS uh, of, of Dane County. Uh, so, and, and it's not, if it's up to me and is even if it's up to Nathan, we'd be like, whatever, but they're the ones that control his liquor license. They're the ones that control all that stuff. So it's like, I don't want to do anything to risk his business. Uh, Completely so, understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least I was going to say, at least the nice thing is like with the midterms coming up and with the lack of uh, support that Biden's getting, we're going to like, there's already nine blue states have already lifted all the restrictions. What's going on in Ottawa right now? There's a lot of big change right now. If, if Ottawa pulls this off and able to able to dethrone um, Castro's bastard, we could be able to see, see um, Brandon de- get dethroned and just keep going down that way. But uh, it's, it's worth coming up. But then again, last week I saw that uh, Bill Gates, the scientist he is says there's going to be another pandemic. It's like, fuck right. me it's like you, what are you guys trying to pull off here oh it's all fear yeah i mean yeah i mean there is some legitimacy to this i mean there i mean it is a real thing uh but uh yeah you don't want to get me started on this i mean we're we're in a county that we are still supposed to be wearing masks inside really we have not, we have not gone maskless as of march 1st we will be able to take our masks off Jeff. yeah yeah they're ghost can, 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 can you imagine that Jesus, well, lacrosse hasn't been doing forcing that ever. 
it's like you know, in the in the beginning, they're like, I get all the weird looks. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm if you want to go to Australia and find out what they're doing, like I watched a video of a police officer choke slamming a woman because she wasn't wearing a mask. And it's like, and when I tell people, it's like, we are the last free nation. If we don't have our second amendment, we would be just like the EU, Canada and Australia. It would be, it would just be far, far worse. So it's like, it's a, a big thing. It's like uh, one of those things. Well, I, I sent you that message about having that, that Congresswoman that was going to hop in the podcast. I think her, um, one of her aides probably listened to my, uh, my spoiler alerts. And uh, said, "Nope, you can't be on this one because this guy's going to probably ask you real questions." Right? Because like I don't, yeah, because I don't like being fake. It's like that's the biggest thing. I've listened to Randy Newberg and like the questions he asked these guys, like because he's had a few senators on his podcast, and they're just like it's just weird. But it's like when you listen to Randy Newberg, it's like he tries to like to tiptoe around some of the questions, and I just don't like that. It's like we have the First Amendment for a reason, and it's like I feel bad for the ones that really want to speak out, but it's like thank goodness for Ted Cruz because you can, you can like, I'm just following his lead and this guy's getting a lot of, a lot of attention here. Right. But it's just, so, it's so weird and how everything has been going on, but I'm glad that you guys are able to do this and Nate continue doing what he does. I mean, and last year having a chance to sit down with you, John, Nate, and just bullshit after he got a chance to shoot. I, I can't remember her, her name, but I shot with her husband or shot, her husband's name is Jeff because it's like well, obviously, but man, it was fun. Like that's like being part uh, of Emily. Yeah, Emily, there Emily. we go. Yep. Yep. Emily was a was a hoot to shoot with. The shit talking she would do was great, and she, <laughs> like she carried my ass a hundred percent. I still have the arrow that I shot. Um, I think it was a, a, a raccoon where my arrow went completely underneath this, the the, uh, the target, hit the only rock I could find, and I buried that field point four inches back. I was like, that was twenty bucks. And I lost a uh, a uh, lighted knock too. It's like it was just it was a lot of fun. I, and it's like those scrambles are just worth the drive. It's it sucks that it's so far for me. Like, like I could at least do one one a year at least, but it's like it's just that, that turnaround drive and like seeing all the bucks I saw coming back home. I was texting both. It's like, dude, you should see this buck I saw over here. Like the, the that one I was told you guys like that that rack was outside its ears. It was a big one. Yeah, that, that's if, you know you have a very scenic drive from uh, you know Western Dane County to uh, up to La Crosse. It's all through the hills and, and the bluff country, and a lot of great uh, a lot of great hunting land in Wisconsin there. So, mm. um, not to get that back on point here, but I want to also let your listeners know that on Sunday of uh, March March sixth, so we have the Friday night um, scramble. Scramble, thank you. Uh, the Saturday uh, challenge course, challenge event, the BMAC Indoor Games. And then on Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, we can stay open or we can open the doors back up. So we're going to do a 30 target 3D shoot uh, from 8 until 1030. As long as you show up by 1030, you'll be able to shoot. Okay. Uh, so that's just a fun 3D shoot. Uh, I forget what the price is on that. It's like 25 or 30 bucks to shoot. Um, so you don't have to sign up ahead of time. Uh, the scramble, there is an RSVP on online because it's only we cap it at 40 people. Obviously, the, the games is capped. And then um, but the Sunday 3D shoot, as long as you sign up or show up between that time, you'll be able to shoot at, you know, at Vortex, which is a great I mean, it's you know, we'll probably have some targets pushing 60, maybe 70 yards because we can. So there's not a lot of places this time of year that you can shoot indoors at that distance. So it's a great time just to come out and fling some arrows. So, yeah. 
that is that is a fun part, especially when you got to shoot when you when you guys because like when I pulled when I did the scramble last year and when I pulled it, I thought it was like going to be right there by the clubhouse, like it's all the way back in BFE. But the way that all it is all set up there was just hilarious. And then you guys having that was it was it a buffalo or was it an elk? You guys were shooting at you guys were shooting like a like hundred and twenty five yards and to shoot up over a hill, and it's like you're just blind shooting it. I mean, just that was just fun watching you guys pull that stuff off. Yeah, the, the the scrambles, uh, especially the outdoor ones, we we usually try as long as they're light because they're usually in the evenings. Uh, we'll come up with some kind of goofy thing to do. So it's it's usually like a walk back challenge where we, you know, everybody pays ten bucks and we start at like forty yards or forty five yards, and then the way we do it is that the 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 lowest scoring arrow or arrows drops out, and then we keep we keep dropping back until there's you know, one person standing. So those are a lot of fun. Those are a lot of fun. And the, the new pop-up system that we have now uh, we've done two events. Well, really one event, we had one practice around one one practice event, but people are having an absolute blast with, with the 3d pop-up. It used to be something we did over a decade ago. There, there was a few different businesses, I guess, or shops that had those, uh, but really in the last 10 years, it, it's just kind of dwindled away. And I think it's a lot of people that have this notion that it creates target panic. Um, and my argue argument to that is if you think that creates target panic, then you probably shouldn't be hunting because uh, it's a it's a very realistic uh, real life scenario where uh, you have the you know, the target pops up or you have a runner, um, and you have, you don't know how long you have to to make that shot. So, I mean, obviously it's not super fast where you can't make a shot. Uh, but, uh, if you, you know, if you can't load your arrow efficiently or anything like that, you may not be able to get the shot off, but anybody with a good shot process should be able to do it unless it takes them 30 seconds for their shot process. And, and that, if that's the case, then I would argue then that they probably shouldn't be hunting or trying to shoot an animal. Yeah, exactly. Most people that I've always dealt with uh, with doing a encounter target panic is when they're shooting spots. That's usually like that's a common trend that you hear about. Now with these pop ups, do you do you have the commitment or the, the equipment to create these pop ups, or is this somebody else's stuff that you're working with? How does this how does this pop up come together? Yeah. So uh, it's been something that's been in the back of my head for over a year now. I was like, man, I wish somebody around here would do this. And then just like these other events, I'm like, well, nobody else is doing it. So why not me? So uh, I searched and searched online trying to find a system or how to make a system. And I came across uh, the, uh, uh, oh shoot, raised hunting. Uh, you know, they're out of Iowa. They do, they're on the sportsman's channel. Uh, they had a system for sale. So right away I contact them and uh, uh, the lady, Donise, she's like, we just sold it yesterday. I'm like, ah, are you kidding me? But she was like, but we have one other system that's actually in Wisconsin uh, that we use at one event and that's Deer Fest here in Wisconsin. Uh, So I am using uh, Raised at Full Draw system Raised at Full Draw is a non-for-profit uh, youth camp uh, where they teach mostly youth from 13 to 17. They focus on that teenage uh, time frame, and they it's a long weekend. 
they have a camp in Wisconsin, Iowa, Montana. I, there's like two or three other ones. They have them kind of across the, the Midwest and in the, some of the mountain states. Uh, but they, you can send your kid there and they will teach them how to shoot a bow. They will teach them how to camp, how to make a fire, like how to do all that cool, fun stuff. And it's, they're doing a great thing because they're getting a lot of teenagers that maybe weren't raised like myself. I was raised hunting and in the outdoors, but there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity like I had. Uh, so this is a great way to get, even if, even if your kids are, you know, in a family, uh, a hunting family, I think these camps would still be great for them to learn something and, and to meet, you know, new friends and stuff like that, especially in the day and age we are in now where it's mostly screens and stuff like that. So, so check them out, check out Raise It Full Draw. It's a great, uh, it's a great camp. I, they're probably looking for volunteers. And obviously they're probably always looking for people to donate and what better thing to donate uh, than in our youth and to get them into bow hunting and, and in the outdoors. So, so long story short, it's their system. Uh, I'm, I, we've, created this agreement where I'm going to use their system to build awareness of their camps. Uh, I'm going to pay them. I'm going to donate a portion of the proceeds from all the pop-up events to their events. So it's, I think it's a win-win uh, for everybody there. That's awesome. So you're actually planning on doing more than one event then of these yeah. pop-ups. Yeah, we have uh, uh, the next one is going to be at Pappas Trading Post and Arena. Uh, that's on April 9th. Uh, we just scheduled that last week. So April 9th, which, which is not too far away. Uh, but so my plan then is as the weather gets nicer uh, is to mingle these in with the scrambles. Um, maybe, uh, you know, let's say one month we do a scramble, the next month might be a pop-up or we might do more events at Tyro. I mean, the spring and I mean, it's, we have one big event every month between now and the end of July. So I'm going to use the pop-up systems and the scrambles when the weather is nice and, and, you know, schedule allows to do events at Tyro Basin. Then. Okay. I gotcha. That's, that's, that's a nice partnership. I ran into raised to hunt uh, at S3DA last June. Uh, Cause I got invited by Dan Schroeder and, uh, Actually, I met him at the HGA USA shoot there in, in Toma, Sparta. Or, uh, 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 and when I came across, like he actually he came up to me, you know, he got, got a hold of my wife and her, her and Alicia were, him and Alicia were having a chat. And he came to me and they asked me like, hey, how, like, like, I thought he was asking like how to get into podcasting and all that. So I was in, I was in salesman mode talking about the equipment, all the fun and stuff like that. And he wanted to uh, pay for me to come up there and cover the event. I told him, dude, I'll do this for free. Cause it's like, I just, the, the fact that I got asked to do this, like, this is fucking awesome, man. And I got to talk to so many cool kids out there, like le learning about where they're going after this, how they got into it, talking about bow setups and all the tunage and such. Um, I talked to Elle. Uh, she is, um, she graduated from the program, and but she shoots for Texas A&M down there. And it's like, 
they are the premier school to go to. It is just remarkable on what they do. And it's like these kids, like they have long lasting life experiences with them and they gives them all times different things. And so it was a really fun experience. I'm hoping to see, I'm, I'm hoping to see them again this year and, and get invited back to do another S3DA because the episodes are doing well. I mean, I had some really good, meaningful conversations. I gave the kids a script kind of to go after with the different questions. My wife and I kind of proved right. Alicia, what you met Alicia and I sat there and we spent some time figuring out like, what are some good questions that are not going to make kids nervous? But oddly enough, the women, the girls were more open than the boys were. Like oh, they were, for they sure. Were, they At were right age? up. Oh yeah. They were right <laughs> up to it. And, and this is be, like, I, I, I talked to a few of them between uh, the three targets and then spot shooting. And I got to talk to, Number one and number three place shooters for nationals. Like the event I went to was for nationals. Then after that, they go to two or was it? No, it's regionals. Then they go to nationals down in Illinois. And then, then they have worlds or something like that afterwards. But it's, it is a fantastic program to get kids involved with. And the amount of um, respect that I have for Dan that does, but he does the exact same stuff you do. And he's like putting all this stuff together, puts all this stuff on his shoulders to get everything done. And he's kind of like a one man show in a sense. And it all depends on the, uh, the, the venue depends on how much help he's going to get. But I got to talk to, to Bruce out of Autogamy um, Council there. And Bruce has been part of the program for 40 plus years. Dude, that guy is amazing. He is like, I just sat there and just listened to him talk because the way he articulates is just so entertaining. And come to find out, he was stationed in uh, Alaska the same time my uncle was. But he was part of the... Uh, fire department where he was with communications so he never really crossed paths and my grand my uncle was never really a, a drinker so it's like he so we so they never really ever crossed paths so he's so that's how the, that's how it was but it's, it was kind of fine kind of funny to like i was texting my uncle like where were you during this year during in 1976 in alaska it's like what were you doing i met this guy it's like do you know him by chance like no i don't it's like do you know how cool it would be to re reunite old army buddies that haven't spoken to each other in almost 50 years yeah, it's just it's just amazing how small this world really is when it comes down to it. And uh, man, um, how I haven't talked to uh, to Johnny in a while, but how is he doing? Because I know he went through some back issues here at the, in the fall, but he got back up in the in the saddle and literally the saddle to get up in the trees. But he's seemed to be pushing through it. Yeah, he's he's uh, better for the most part. Uh, he had some uh, some chiropractic care and some injections from the doctor and. Uh, I think they've got things calmed down a little bit and, uh, he's been working out. He doesn't have pain. I mean, he's, he gets stiff and tight for the most part, or sometimes it kind of catches, but, uh, I hope, uh, you know, the worst is behind him and, and he's going to be better. So that's awesome. Well, I'm hoping to want to see him next to, to sit down and have a conversation with him and he come to find out the company he works for is literally out my back door. I walk around and that's the company he works for. Cause when he, when he told me the company he works for that, that we deal with, um, um, forklifts. So I was like, you, you literally work right out front of my, front of my back door here. Cause it's, it's funny where my, I, cause I no longer live in lacrosse, I live in West Salem now. And so like right through my back door, it's, it's where he works at. So I use their back of their building to site in. I have a, I have a bore sighter. So if I need to site something in, I can, I can go from, from, uh, 30 yards to, to 80 yards. So I can site something in if I was going out shooting or something. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah, I found that out when we were out there at the uh, Tyrell Basin for the, the, um, the scramble. Now, are you with the speaking of scrambles? Are you going to continue doing the scrambles on Friday nights? 
Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I just had this conversation with, with Nathan. Uh, the, the reason we do it on Friday nights is because they're open. They're, uh, restaurant and bar and tavern is open on Friday nights. Uh, they're usually not um, open on Saturday nights. So that's why we usually do it on Friday nights. But with that said, I think uh, if the schedule allows it, I would like to do a couple uh, a couple Saturday events. And uh, I'm thinking of doing something where it's a uh, a scramble or some type of 3D, but then we also incorporate the pop-up too. So we make it a, like a little challenge where we do both. Uh, I got some cool ideas. It's just a matter of uh, how many uh, weekends I want to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that is completely understandable. You know, it's like you, you, we grind all year long and it's like your only break is when hunting season really comes around. Yeah. And yeah. If you want to call that a break, but <laughs> <laughs> that's so uh, true. I have, to, yeah. I have to get my buddy, uh, Craig in touch with you. Like when he, cause he wants to do a uh, DIY, um, elk hunt and, and it's like, he's, he's kind of got himself a nice, decent following. He's been getting a bunch of a flack for him, like trying to attempt to do this, but it's like, you, you guys would get along just great. Cause you have the same mindset for it, but it's like, be able to he, him be able to pick your brain and be able to experience it firsthand and walk through the whole process because he's 32 and he says he wants to get a over the or a, uh elk hunt by the by the time he hits 40 so it's like dude this would be a perfect perfect match for you guys because it's like he wants to get out there and do it well there's uh i guess something that this ties in well uh we haven't talked about the bmac mini games oh yeah mini games now look at this you're teasing me with some more excitement <laughs> so last year we had the mini games uh, after the BMAC games, we had, I think the week after, I think it was the weekend after maybe two. Anyways, it was after the BMAC games. It was kind of the last minute thing. I'm like, you know what, let's, let's put together just, uh, a, a, a more of a laid back event. And, uh, so this year it's before the BMAC games, it's six weeks before it's on May, uh, 14th or 13th or whatever that Saturday is. I have it written out May oh, 14th. You're going to do it right during the HHA. That's, that's the Toma Sparta shoot. I know. I need to talk to Chris about that. Cause I, I had all my dates out before his, so I need to talk to Chris and have a bone to pick with him. I, I don't um, think you're going to move that right there, but cause it's like it, a lot of people really like that weekend. Cause it's, it's after mother's day weekend and it fits perfectly. It's great, beautiful weather. I shot it last year. Oh man. It's like, us like, that's cause I, as you mentioned these dates, I'm looking at all these events. Like, well, the, the April one I can't make cause I have my daughter and I only get her a handful of hours a month. So it's like, I, I, I and it's like she's not really interested in archery or anything like because she has a bow. But I took her this year right around Christmas time to Shields to like maybe get her shoot a crossbow. And she, it's like, Dad, it's like I'm gonna be honest with you, I just don't have the the the, the attention span for it. It's like, fair enough, I could appreciate your honesty, I could appreciate that. So we still shot the crossbow anyways because it's like you know, it's like if if she does want to do it or if I want to mix up my uh, my skill set, you know, like why not shoot it? Cause it's like, I may find somebody that I have a friend of mine over in um, Minnesota that has a shoulder messed up. Cause he worked for um Cardinal and they deal with adults uh, that have uh, cognitive disabilities and such, but he messed up a shoulder. So he can't draw a bow back. So it's like, this could be an opportunity to re get him come over because he always gives me excuses why he doesn't want to do something. But it's like, well, now nah, it's like, I have the equipment to show up just by the tag. You can start from X to X. So it's like, between between September and January 30th, we could figure out something out here for you there, bud. Right, exactly. So, um, 
What were we talking about? Oh, the, oh, we're the talking about the mini games. Yeah, yeah. on March so, on uh, so, May fourteenth. So what, what what that event is, uh, Jeff? It, it's a laid back um, event uh, where we. I think this year this is what it's going to look like. Okay, I haven't made up my mind, but this is probably what it's going to look like. It's going to start out with a hike. You know, and instead of a, a competition, we're going to do a hike through Tyrell Basin. You know, get we're going to get a sweat on. It's going to be a pretty good hike. Uh, and then we're going to do a little challenge course. It's kind of like the pursuit stage of the BMAC games where it's, you know, you do a challenge, shoot, you might run, do a hoist or do over-unders or, you know, kind of like a little obstacle course mixed in with some archery there. So you get the, the shooting under, you know, stress and that kind of stuff. But it's going to be uh, in good fun. You know, we'll time it and kind of keep track of time, but it's not like a, an official you know, big production event like the other ones are. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, we're going to do a wild game feed for lunch. Uh, last year, myself and some of the other guys, we brought some of the pigs that we shot. We had elk, we had venison, we had uh, buffalo that we all grilled and and we, you know, we provided that for everybody. Um, so this year will be the same. I'm hoping to kill a couple extra pigs while I'm in Texas and we're actually uh, smoke a couple whole pigs on the smoker, I think for this event. Uh, so we'll have lunch after lunch, we're going to do, uh, uh, like a 3d shoot, probably like a scramble style 3d shoot. Uh, but then what I'm going to add into it, because I've had, I kid you not, probably almost every week, somebody asks, Hey, it'd be really cool if we could sit down and, and talk, you know, about gear or why did you pick this sleeping bag over that one or why this or why that? So we're going to do that. We're going to do that at the BMAC mini games. Um, because I think a lot of the people will are the BMAC mini games are for, for people that uh, are just getting into this type of stuff. All right. It is it, not, it, it's like I said, it's laid back. Uh, we're, we're kind of keeping score, but not really, uh, it's a chance to meet people It's a chance to, you know, test your skills. So we'll get people that are on one spectrum where they're kind of new. And then we'll have people that, uh, have been to every one of my events and they're going to do it. And because it's a good time, but they also want to have a kind of a, get a good workout in and kind of get a test for what the trails are going to look like during the BMAC games. So that's kind of the the wide spectrum of, of people that would probably come to this event. Uh, so I figured why not have a little clinic or a seminar, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it'll be myself and I might pick one, maybe two other people uh, that have, uh, you know, a pretty good knowledge base on both whitetail and elk hunting in terms of gear, in terms of, you know, just the kind of stuff that newbies, are, you know, you have a million questions and just maybe to give some people some guidance, uh, because as you know, this stuff is not cheap. You know, you and a lot of the stuff uh, shops around here don't provide. You, you can't go and try things on. You can't go and touch and feel and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have stuff there for people to look at, for people, you know, to to hold and and you know that kind of thing. So, so we're going to do that in the mini games. We're going to add that. Uh, I think that's going to be. Uh, you know, I think people are going to enjoy that. And then we'll have, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a bonfire that evening. We'll see what the weather's like. Last year was hot and humid, but that was in July. This year's it's in May. So it should be beautiful weather. Uh, I haven't talked to Nathan yet about camping. Um, 
being in Dane County, we have some restrictions. That's why we haven't been able to camp yet. Uh, but he is making some additions there at Tyrell. Uh, there's a new building being built right now with bathrooms. And so there might be some way that we can maybe do some camping there, but uh, that's to be determined yet. But the BMAC mini games might be an event like that where, hey, if you want to come out and camp that night, maybe. Not saying we can yet, but maybe. Uh, so that's going to be a fun event for just to hang out and have a good time. That's awesome. That's a really good strategy to do. Like last night I sat down with Craig James and we were talking about this stuff and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of engagement from the audience and talk, asking questions. We addressed them and we had people ask us like, what do you guys shoot for bows? What are your favorite animals to shoot? Uh, what is your definition of hunting? A lot of good, solid questions for it. And I really enjoyed it. So I think what I might do in the future is actually start doing like a nightcap on Sundays where it's like, I'll pull out a bottle of whiskey and this is what I'm drinking. We'll talk for 30 to 90 minutes long and see where it all goes from there. But it's like, it'd be good to bring on people that like yourself that have an experience to just talk tech. And then, but also talk about what you're coming up with your events, because like, we had a lot of good questions of like, what well, what do you do if you're, if you have a, a hand or a, uh, you're calling a Tom, but all of a sudden he, he shuts up and it's like, well, it's probably because he got ran into a hand, but questions like that that can help engage both the guests and myself to this way to go from there. Cause I didn't host it last night. Craig did. So it's like, it was a fun experience to have that, to have that interaction. I really liked that. And, and uh, it was a good perspective because we had people from Florida chime in from New York chime in uh, from Iowa. There's one guy, it's like, I almost want to DM him. It's like, Hey, do you want to come up here and you can hunt? It'll be easier for you to hunt in, in Wisconsin is for me to hunt in Iowa because I've already looked the, the tags for it. So I gotta, I gotta really go all the way down by, west of des moines to get tags because it's the only place that has enough because they do kind of a quota system there and so you got to get your thing in there because it's like i have i have uh, friends that live down in southern iowa but all those tags are picked clean for a non-resident so i was like well there goes that idea yeah i was a tough one to, to get into but but yeah i think i i think those are great i think uh when you do those when other people do those i think there's a lot of there's just a lot of questions i mean there's a lot of people getting into bow hunting right now uh, and there's this, uh, I mean, there's YouTube is a great thing. I mean, I'm, I go on spurts on YouTube as well. Like I could go months and not even go on YouTube. And then I'm on there like the last couple of days I've been, uh, you know, researching, just tweaking my, my saddle hunting setup a little bit, uh, watching the hunting beast Dan Infold on scouting techniques and, you know, all that kind of like, so I go on spurts, but I think YouTube is a great resource for people uh that are just getting into stuff and 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 trying to learn things but oh yeah exactly um, like I, i've been doing research on coyote hunting because i want to my because like i've been primarily focused on whitetail hunting and fishing and, and stuff like that but i also want to to broaden my own content creation but i also want to increase my own experiences so during new year's eve my dad and i sat down as we're recovering from our hangover while drinking still so we we're going to go from there <laughs> and uh we watched um I just I wanted to search ATN scopes and like learning about the the pluses and minuses and the do's and don'ts. And I've I've got my sight set on a night vision scope because it's just like for our area you don't need a thermal scope for it. And it's like because like I, the the content I was watching and was absorbing was down in Texas. So they they like they would shoot two man teams. One will run night vision, run one with thermals. So this way then you have that uh, identification of the species. But around here it's pretty easy to spot a coyote, a bear, a cougar, and stuff like that. So I've been buying, I like, I think this is a great advice for anybody. It's like, you have your eye, an eye on something that you want to buy, but it's like, it's like, let's say it's six, 600 bucks or a thousand dollars. 
when you go in there, just go and buy yourself a, a, a uh, gift certificate. I've been buying, I got like, I got like almost like $200 in gift stick for shield because that's one of the places that has it. And they usually price match whatever's going on. So it's like, well, why not? I've had really good customer service from. So every time I'm in Rochester, I buy myself $50 gift cards so this way that, <laughs> so this way, instead of, instead of having this big seven, $800 chunk of, of uh, money coming on a bank account. Well, now it's just, I've already, I've already saved up for it. You know? It's like, it's like a, it's own savings account in a way. So yeah, it's the money's already spent. Now I just got to wait for the right deal or uh, a 45 um, ACP. So I haven't decided yet, but I'm thinking I'm leaning towards the, AT, the ATN scope. Well, Jeff, I, I think this uh, is a good time to talk about the King of the Hill event because we're going to do, uh, we did a, um, a swap meet last spring which we tied that in with a 3D shoot and is the first time doing it. It was kind of a, you know, it was okay. We had maybe 40 people that came. It was pretty unorganized because it wasn't any, I'm like, let's just do this and see what, what, how, how it happens. So uh, we actually had, I had a lot of people that wanted to participate, but because of the weekend it was on, they just couldn't make it work. So this year, the swap meet, because uh, people have been asking, are you going to do the swap meet again? And yes. And it's going to be on the Saturday afternoon of King of the Hill. So again, the details aren't worked out exactly, but I think we're going to reserve the upper parking lot the, up by the tubing hill for people that want to drive up there, park up there and set up a table or sell stuff out of the back of your truck. Um, I mean, last year people had backpacks, they had, you know, camel clothing, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I think this year I might put a little bit more effort into this and trying to organize it more. Plus we're going to hopefully have three, maybe 400 shooters, uh, coming through there that day. Um, so I'm trying to, trying to figure out the logistics of everything of, of kind of when people are going to be finishing with the courses. I have other, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is going to be at the King of the Hill, uh, with a booth and, and talking about what's going on, uh, all things elk, uh, both here and out west. Uh, we're going to have some more vendors this year. I guess we kind of started talking about this before, but we never went fully into it. But uh, we're going to hopefully have more vendors at King of the Hill. I have uh, at least three sponsors that have committed to being there. Um, I'm also working on, fingers crossed, a, a pretty big camel company coming Uh they're, they want to be there, but there's also a big event out West that same weekend. So they're trying to find somebody that can actually be at my event, which I understand we're just a drop in the bucket when it comes to some of the, some of these big companies. Um, so yeah, so, so the King of the Hill, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be uh, just a lot more stuff going on. Uh, we're doing the night scramble, which was an absolute blast last year. And I think we might actually do, one or two night scrambles throughout the year because that was so much fun. Uh, you know, your partner had to hold a flashlight uh, so you can. I want to call it the poacher scramble, but that's not very that that's not that's not very PC. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we already got enough. We get enough grief from from the antis. We don't need to add uh, right. to the fire. And, and anybody that knows anything, it's you know, it's it's just a it's a fun shoot at night. To you know, just why not, right? Um, so, so we'll have that Saturday night. We'll probably have some live music, uh, probably both Friday night and maybe Saturday night of the King of the Hill. Um, but, uh, I guess just to let your listeners know, 
it is, you, you do have to sign up ahead of time and you do sign up for your, uh, your shoot time. I call it the unleash time. Uh, so you have to sign up for the time that you want to start the course. You have three courses to choose from, and then you have different time slots to choose from. You can shoot. Uh, this is, I need to figure out a way to make sure people understand this. You can shoot all three courses in one day, but you're not, you're not limited to only shooting the course that you sign up on the course that you sign up for. That is where you are starting. Okay. Once you're done with that course, then because of how I have it set up, you can move into one of the other two courses right away. Or if you want to go to the tavern and have a drink, have some food. Again, it's laid back. It's fun. Uh, so that's how that's set up. The reason that, and I think there's other shoots in the area that are starting to do this, where they have a time that you need to sign up for, especially the larger shoots, because if you were to show up and have 300 people uh, wanting to go shoot, well, you're going to be standing there for hours to get out on the course. So this is a way to organize it so that you, there's not a backup. There's not long lines. You know exactly what time you can show up and shoot and all that kind of stuff. So. I think that's a probably a wise way to do that, to make sure everybody can get through it and such. And then it gives everybody an opportunity to keep moving through intermingle with people have guests or have conversation with folks and such. So man, you got, you got yourself a really good, clear vision on how you want everything to go. How everything goes is to, to be seen. Yeah. It, you know, last year was went very, very smooth. I had great, great feedback last year. Uh, I think as I always say, it, it's, uh, I, I try to do my best to put on a great event. I have John, I have a, a bunch of others that help me with, with this, but really it's the people that come to it. It's the people that come to it that make these events great. Uh, and, and I can't thank them enough because this is, this was just a dream four or five years ago. Uh, and it's, and it's growing and mostly word of mouth, uh, cause social media doesn't like, uh, archery events, especially during the pandemic, they shut my pages they don't shut them down. They just don't push my content out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Shadow banning so, is a bitch. <laughs> so, it's uh, so I'm really thankful for the great people of Wisconsin, uh, of the Midwest. We have, you know, just for um, the event coming up here at Vortex, we have competitors from Minnesota, Illinois. Uh, uh, what's the uh, other state that's close to us? Iowa, Michigan. Minnesota, Minnesota. That's Minnesota. There's not nobody from Michigan, really? uh, West Virginia. And I think there's one other state. Uh, so, yeah, we got people coming from all over. I think. Last year's BMAC games, we had 11 states represented last year at the BMAC games. So uh, this year, hopefully, you know, maybe that many. But um, I think um, I've had uh, just in the last month, maybe since New Year's, um, a lot of people that did the event uh, two years ago uh, or know me from my train to hunt days have messaged me and say, hey, I'm thinking about coming out and doing your event. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? So I'm excited for this year. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, that we're going to get more people out to event, not just my event, but more events. I think with, uh, with the BS that's hopefully coming to an end, uh, uh, people are just going to be more confident. Uh, I think the only thing that's going to potentially hurt us is if gas prices go up a lot. I think uh, uh, people just aren't going to be willing to travel uh, a long distance. They're going to be wanting to stick closer to home for things. 
Yeah, because right now, even here in Lacrosse, we're seeing three forty a gallon. I know when I went up to the cities, they're looking at three forty, three fifty a gallon. So, and right now, um, Brandon's not going to be low on the price anytime soon. But then again, when you learn about the the pipe Keystone Pipestone pipeline and what all went behind that, it's like Warren Buffett's a son of a bitch because it's like he owns majority of all of the railroads around here, so he controls what kind of flu. Uh, the fuel comes in and out. So it's quite interesting to see what's going to happen. Cause they're, they're already predicting seven gallons, $7 a gallon, depending on what, where you're at. So it's going to be tough to say that's going to be the biggest thing, man. I really miss a, miss a mean tweets. <laughs> Cheaper <laughs> gas prices. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's feelings got hurt there several years ago. And now we're, we're facing what we're facing with right now, but it, uh, I mean, that, that's the one thing I, th I think could potentially really hurt events, you know, not just my event, but other events. And I guess what, what I'm going to, you know, what I usually try to tell people is get out there and support your local archery clubs, your local pro shops, because even my, even events like mine is not guaranteed that we're going to be here next year. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not guaranteed that your local pro shop or your local uh, archery uh, club is going to be here next year. You know, it's, and I get this a lot and I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit, but I get this a lot where they say, well, I'm, I'll do it next year. I'll train and do it next year. I'll do it next year. Next year has come. Okay. I don't, you know, you don't have to be in the best shape, you know, and now I offer events that you don't have to be in any shape. You can come and shoot. Uh, but it's not just for my events. It's for other stuff. It's for your local pro shops and your local uh, archery ranges that are putting on 3D shoots. I mean, the participation level is dropping. It's hard to find. I'm a member. I'm a board member of our local uh, club. It's hard to find volunteers. Uh, and I'm guilty of that because I'm busier now with putting on my events. So it's harder for me to help out mine. And I feel bad for that. But in general, it's just harder for clubs to find volunteers. And then when you do get volunteers, then the attendance is low. And people need to get out and support this because, you know, I think most of your uh, archery clubs are probably the busiest mid-August through the end of September. Uh, but, you know, when mid-August comes and you want to go shoot your bow, but your club is closed because they couldn't find help or their attendance was down when well, now you don't have a place to shoot. So that's my, that's my soapbox uh, topic is, is to get out there and support those people uh, buy from your local pro shops when you can, you know, if, if they're more expensive, maybe ask them if they can drop the price a little bit, but being in this industry, the markups are not, there's not a lot of markup and stuff. So the pro shops, because they can't order a huge quantity. I get that just with, with my t-shirts that I sell. Okay. I don't, I can't order hundreds of t-shirts cause I don't have the capital to do that. And then I'm sitting on thousands of dollars of inventory. So basically the apparel I sell, I sell at cost at what it costs me to buy them, produce, you know, have them produced all that kind of stuff, maybe a little bit more, uh, to cover all my, cover my taxes, but, uh, people just need to get out there and support, these businesses because we are in a time where uh yeah things are improving but there's a lot of businesses and a lot of industries that are still suffering yeah and bring up that point it's like the toxin app that uh, jeremy fisher has created here i know you guys partnered up with them hj is partnered up with them and it's a great way to those who are here in this podcast like try to get 
your shop or get your club a part of that right there. So this way then it can draw traffic to your location because we're all here to try to maintain this, uh, this cooperation, this collaboration with everybody here. And it's like what Jeremy is putting together. And you go back and listen to my podcast. We were in Watoma and we sat down and had that conversation. It's like, he's got a good clear vision of it i mean i've always tagging them in my post i'm always using them as branded sponsorship because it's like i really want to see this thing grow because there's nobody out there like this and he's putting his blood sweat and tears on it and it's like if he wants to get a lincoln so i'm like i'm gonna try to get him a lincoln you know because I, he, he, I, he parked right next to me when we were in matoma and it's like you know that's my dream car to get it's like dude it's like i could you'll get there you just got to keep grinding for it and such and, and it'll, it will eventually will happen for him you know but i think he, what he's got going on with the new pins he's dropping it's going to be freaking awesome and i was talking to um one of my guests here a couple weeks ago uh matt korbanik and he is from pittsburgh and he hunts, he's an urban hunter out there. He heard about your event and people got excited about it. But when they found out that you didn't have enough participants, th- then it just kind of, they didn't, nobody wanted RSVP to it. So, yeah. So, so th- yeah, that, man, I'm, I'm really bummed about that. That was, that was last year. We were supposed to have a, a big event out in PA. Uh, and uh, Sean from Trophy Line, which is one of our elite sponsors, helped me out. Uh, the Washington County Chamber of Commerce, uh, they helped me out. Uh, um, so I, I, it is multiple things. People didn't sign up in, in the time that they need to sign up for in order for me to even just pay for my fuel to get out there. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, the last year is my second year. So I, I just couldn't take the risk of putting a lot of money into that and, and putting, endangering my events here because I don't have any capital to work with. So, it's a combination of that, but it's also two other things, and, and it was the supply chain. My large trailer that I have now that I have everything in it that I ordered uh, in December of the year before that was supposed to be in a March, I didn't have that until July. I didn't have that until just before the King of the Hill. So that was that took like six or seven months when it was only supposed to take three months to get. So I didn't even have a trailer to get all my stuff out there, which could I have found one? Probably. I could have probably found somebody that would lend, lend me one. But then half of my targets weren't in either that I had ordered uh, the winter of that previous year. Uh, so there's just a lot of stuff that was out of my control that I couldn't, uh, I, I wish we could have done that. So it was a combination of just the people, not enough attendance at the time that I needed to say yes or no, really commit to it. And then the supply of not having enough targets to put on the event and having a trailer large enough to get everything out there that we would have had to put on. But Jeff, but my wife's going to kill me. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm already looking at my schedule for 2023 and getting my schedule together for 2023 when we haven't even started 2022, but I am trying to make a, a, a goal to take the BMAC games, which is, the archery fitness, the the big event, trying to possibly take that out west or down south. So, and then I'm also trying to take the King of the Hill, which is our big 3D shoot, to another uh, ski hill closer to you. Can't say where yet. I, I'm still working out the details on There's some other. There's a couple of hills around here that I have my idea, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw them out there. Not while we're recording. Actually, it's, it's, it's probably it's northeast of you, actually. Um, but so there's a, I have a lot of 
a lot of things I'm working on right now. And I need to do that now so that I can announce that so people can, again, plan and prepare a year in advance for some of this stuff. Um, but, but yeah, there, there's, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited for this year. There's just a, a lot of, a lot of growth. I have a lot, the event here in two weeks, uh, a good portion of them are, are brand new people. So I'm thrilled about that. Um, the winter events are just tough because it's, you have people's, some people's spring breaks are starting. So, you know, it's just a lot of stuff going on. So it's tough to get a, a really big event in the winter. Um, but we're doing pretty good with that. And uh, I think the uh, the BMAC games, I think, will sell out. There is some exciting news that I can't yet say about the games and the King of the Hill. We do have some, I would say, some pretty good influencers that are coming uh, that have verbally committed. They haven't officially committed. So I'm, I'm going to wait and announce that once that uh, is done. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff coming. Man, that's awesome. I think, I think this is a perfect time to end this podcast. Cause I mean, you, it, it leaves me excited to what's going to happen for this upcoming 2023 year. But even though 22 hasn't 2022 hasn't happened, man, you've got yourself a stacked, um, event coming through. And plus it's like, I'm sure you're going to make some guest appearances at the, uh, HJ USA games too, as well, or those events. So man, you, you are going to have just an awesome year. I mean, when we look at this right now, Brian, is that this is our good old days. I mean, we are living up our best lives. We get to hunt. We get to bullshit with our best friends. We get to shoot archery. It can't go wrong. Right. I mean, that's, I hope everybody, and I know people that are listening to this, they, uh, maybe they're not in a good place right now. Maybe, you know, they have physical pain or uh, going through something with their family or friends, but uh, there is a, I mean, uh, I just told my wife this. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff going on uh, with my family. Uh, but even with, with hardships, uh, you can still find joy. You can still find happiness. Uh, and uh, I just hope everybody can do that and, and, uh, and can just get through uh, whatever it is that they're getting through. Perfect, Brian. I'm going to let you in with that. Oh, what's the best ways to find you? Uh, Beast Mode Archery on Instagram and Facebook, uh, as well as the Go Wild app. I'm on there now. Uh, you can uh, beastmodearcherchallenge.com on the website. Uh, if you need to email me, it's beastmodearchery at gmail. And don't forget Toxin because you're on there as well. Oh, yes, Toxin. Yeah, there's yes Toxin. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. I need to have a list of everything that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, man. I, I know, I know the feeling because there's so much stuff that I forget from time to time to get, and I, and I finish everything up. I'm like I should have said this. Oh well, no big deal. But all right, Brian, thank you for coming on again. I've taken up enough of your time. I'm sure Amory wants you back. No, no, no problem, Jeff. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you to all the listeners for listening to us for an hour and a half or whatever it is. Yes, thank you, sir. with HJ Sports and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022 we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing 
Uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra Bowsight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club.